Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Can we just give Jesus praise this morning for all that he's doing here? Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Mark chapter 11. I'm going to try not to get overly excited this morning. In Mark, Mark chapter 11, anybody facing any mountains this morning? Anybody have any problems that you need to look at and say, mountain, you need to get into the sea? I preached a couple of weeks ago, you need to shout grace over your mountain. Anybody need to talk to their mountains this morning? I believe there's some folks here this morning that have some faith that's going to move some mountains. I believe that there are people in this room this morning that have mountain-moving faith. Okay, all three of you. Hallelujah. That's okay. Jesus said wherever two or three are gathered in my name. If I could just have a couple people, that's okay. I believe that there's some folks here this morning that are ready to look at their mountains and say, Mountain, you need to get into the sea. It's time that you drown. I'm not going to drown in sorrows. I'm going to drown my mountain. I'm not going to drown in depression. I'm going to drown my mountain this morning. I believe that he's able. Tell somebody next to you, say, he's able. Tell somebody else, say, I'm able. I think sometimes we, we trust, we know God's able, but we're not so sure that he's able to do it through me. I said we know that God is able, but we don't always know that he's able to do it through me. <clears throat> Let's take a look. In Mark chapter 11, it says, And Jesus answered them in verse 22. He said, have faith in God. We checked that box. Most of the people this morning said, "Woo, my mountain's moving. I believe God can do it. Right? Everybody was shouting with me on verse 22. God is able. I have faith. I believe he's able. Yeah, we believe that. And it's okay. Let's keep going. Let's read verse 23. Hey, Heather. It says, verse 23 says, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Okay, so who's speaking to the mountain? Who, who's speaking? Who's a, is anybody in here a whoever? Is anybody in here a whoever? Come on, I need you to help me this morning. I need you to get in your word and preach with me this morning. This isn't just about a Pastor Zach show. I need you to walk in freedom this morning. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to baby step you. It's okay. We, got, we have faith in God. Verse 23 says, whoever. Raise your hand if you're a whoever. There you go. You're catching up. For whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, will have whatever he says. Now, I, wanna, I just want to take a look at this verse this morning, and uh, there's, there's a connection here in this scripture between faith and love. There's a connection between the, what's coming out of your heart. We know the Bible tells us that the heart is the center of all things. It's the center of our love and affection. The Bible tells us that out of the Abundance of our heart, what the mouth speaks. There's, a, there's an outflow out of your heart. Out of your heart can come doubting. 
Out of your heart can come anger. Out of your heart can come worry. Out of your heart can come depression and discouragement and fear. But also, we're told to guard our heart. Proverbs tells us, 423, guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. So when you come to your mountain and you're standing looking at your mountain, looking at your problems, looking at the thing that brings you sorrow, do you see that thing through the eyes, the heart of doubt, or do you see it through the heart of love, the heart of faith? The Bible tells us that God is love and he imparts to us his love by the Holy Spirit. We see the demonstration of God's love, who he is. The Bible says that Jesus, in Hebrews chapter 1-3, Jesus is the outshining. He's the radiance of the Father. If God is love, then Jesus is the personification of the love of God. Everything that you see in Jesus, you see his love. Come on now. If you need to know the love of God, you need to look at Jesus. You need to get in the word and see the love of God personified. We look at Jesus. We look at his life. Oh, the depths and the heights. Paul said the breadth, the length, the depth of God's love. Do you know his love this morning? Have you experienced the love of God for yourself? We see it personified in Jesus. We see the outshine just, just as the sun outshines with beams and just like the sun is shining down, I know, I know here in Northeast Ohio, we don't know the sun exists right now. We don't know that it's here, but I promise you it's still there. And, and when the sun begins to radiate down upon us, we feel its warmth. We see the sun's effects. And likewise, the love of the Father is radiating down on you today. The Holy Spirit reveals to you and I the love of God. We see it personified in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. We don't understand it. We, we can't even begin to understand the love of the Father in our natural mind. We can't even begin to comprehend. We don't even know that we're loved by the Father until the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. For years and years and ages upon ages and all the way in eternity past, the love of the Father has been pursuing you. Before you were ever created, the love of the Father was upon you. And now, this day, right now, the Holy Spirit is revealing that love to you. He's the Romans 5.5 5 says that he's shed abroad in our hearts today. Heather talked about that last week. The love of God is being shed abroad in your heart. And so we know, we know the love of God. We've tasted of his love because he's constantly pursuing us. We couldn't earn his love. We didn't achieve his love, but he's freely given us his love. Romans 5.8 tells us that while we were still sinners, while we were enemies, God demonstrated his love toward us in this, that Christ died for us. We've seen his love portrayed for you and I. We've seen it demonstrated on the cross. We saw it demonstrated as Jesus walked this earth and he gave his only life, his, this life to be brutally murdered for you and I. We saw it as he walked this planet and healed the sick, delivered the demon oppressed. He went about doing good. He demonstrated the love of the Father towards you and I. <clears throat> the more that I know his love, the more that I become secure in his love, the more that I taste of his love, the less there is room for doubt in my heart. 
the more that my heart is filled with his love, the more that his heart his, his love permeates my heart. Does anybody hear me this morning? The more, the more that I sit in, in his love and I bask in his presence and I take in his love, the less doubt there can be in my heart. Oh, if there's doubt in your heart, soak in his love. If there's, if there's worry and fear in your heart, sit and rest in his love. If there's uncertainty in the depths of your heart, sit in his love and let him pour out his abundant love into you. And I assure you there'll be no room left. There'll be no space left in your heart for doubt because you rest secure in his love. The same love that drives you into his presence, the same love that changes your life, there's the same love that brings you to the base of your mountain and says, mountain, I say to you, move. There's an assurity in your heart because you're steadfast in the love of God. You're not moved by circumstance. You're not tossed by every wind of doctrine. You're not tossed by the storms of life because you're solid and steadfast in his love. If you find that you're being tossed, if you find that you're being tossed by life, if you find that the storms and the situations of your circumstance have got you, have got you distracted, have gotten you wavering from side to side, if you feel uncertain about your salvation, if you feel uncertain about his, his promise and his plan for your life, then you need to come and feast on his love. You need to come to the table of the Lord and sit back and dine on his love. Let him saturate you in his love. Let him pour out his abundant, just like in Song of Solomon. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Let, let, let his love pour over you again that you might be secure in this season of your life. It's his love that grounds you. It's his love that stabilizes you. It's his love that builds you up. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love. Did you hear me? Are you all out there this morning? Galatians still tells me that the fruit of the Spirit is love. The primary fruit, if you say, if you were to look at the bookends on the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, all the way, self-control. Who are the bookends? Love and self-control. If you wanna, if you wanna know all the other fruit, you gotta start with love and you gotta bookend it with self-control. Start out with the revelation of love, you end up in joy. Start out with the revelation of love, you end up in peace. Why, you know, people say, why are you so happy? Why do you laugh at church? Why are you laughing in the presence of the Lord? Because I've had a revelation of his love. I've seen his love like no other. Man, I wish somebody would help me preach this morning. I, I forgot, I, I must be at First Baptist or something. We've, we've got... We are still at Celebration Church, right? Is there anybody that has tasted of his love that's ended up in a revelation of joy this morning? I can't help but laugh in his presence. Just, just like if you just keep going, love, there's peace. I, just the same revelation of love brings me peace. I don't have to worry or fear or be in anxiety. I have peace. I have shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything in order. Why? Because of his love. If he gave us his son, how will he not with him freely give us all things? 
Isn't that what the Bible says? So if I'm secure in his love, then I have his shalom. That means nothing missing, nothing broken, everything in order. I have peace because with Christ, he'll freely give me all things. If you're struggling over something, walk in peace. You need a revelation of his love. Love, joy, peace, patience. Uh oh. <laughs> love, when you get a revelation of his love, you'll be patient with others. That's how it works. Oh, when I've tasted of his love and how forbearing he is with me, how can I not but love others? There's an overflow. Come on now, don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Anyway, we get all the way to the end. Self-control. How do you keep yourself in the love of God? Well, the Bible tells us in Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Would you like to put it up on the screen? We'll read it. Jude chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Are they going to put it up? If not, I'll read it. There we go. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Comma, that wasn't the end of the story. What's it say? Keep, 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 keep. Did you hear it? Keep, keep yourself. Keep yourself in the love of God. How do you do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you keep yourself in the love of God? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit is an exercise that keeps you in the love of the Father. So we're talking about His love. So if I need a revelation of His love, praying in the Spirit, guess what happens as you pray in the Spirit? It builds you up, gives you a revelation of His love. Praying in tongues is so important. Here's one of the reasons, there's many reasons why, but here's one of those reasons in Jude. Keep yourself in the love of God, praying in the Holy Spirit. And as you do that, you're looking, continually looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, what happens when you, when you constantly look for his mercy? Come on now, you're starting to help me preach. When, you, when you're looking for his mercy, what do you do? You happen to everywhere you go. Goodness and mercy shall follow. Everywhere I go, mercy and goodness are with me. So if I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping myself in his love, I, I notice everywhere I go, goodness and mercy. Come on, goodness and mercy. Everywhere I go, who's with me? Why? How do I have that revelation? I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm seeing things. That way, that way when I get to the mountain, uh-oh. See, the mountain didn't move yet. We have, I'm still at the mountain. When I get to the mountain, I say, mm, that mountain, goodness, mercy. I'm good. I can deal with this mountain. Goodness and mercy. I'm secure. I'm steadfast in the love of God. I, I'm keeping myself in the love of God. I'm, everywhere I go, I've got goodness and mercy following. We're going to deal with this mountain. We're going to deal with the mountain of sickness. We're going to deal with the mountain of disease. We're going to deal with the mountain of infirmity. We're going to deal with the mountain of depression. We're going to deal with the mountain of discouragement. We're going to deal with the, come on now, because I'm secure in the love of God. 
Now let me go back to the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, go all the way through self-control. Self-control, keeping yourself. Self-control says, self, you don't feel like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Your, your natural self doesn't feel like it. Does anybody hear me? When you're looking at that mountain and that sorrow, that, that issue, that family member, Self, you don't feel like responding in a godly way to this. You don't, self, you don't, your spirit man needs to rise up above your carnal man in this. Right? Does anybody hear me? And so self-control kicks in. Fruit of the spirit. Self-control. Self, you're going to have a revelation of his love. Self, you're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Self, you may not feel like it, but you're going to pray in the Spirit right now. Self, what's another, what's another verse in James that says, command yourself. Count in all joy. Command yourself to be in a place of joy. Command yourself to get into a revelation of his love. Stop giving in to the, the temptation of the world. Stop giving in to the, this ideology that woe is me and I'll never get over and I'll never be good enough and we can never, come on now, I can never, I can never break through, I'll never see the victory. Get over that, that's not what you were created for. You were created to be victorious. You didn't hear me. I said you were created to be victorious. You were created to have a sound mind. You were created to walk in peace. You were created to prosper in all that you set your hand to. If any of those things are in not in alignment, then my goodness, you need to get a revelation of his love and find yourself secure in his love and start to align your life with the word of the Lord. It's hard, pastor. That means I got to work, pastor. <laughs> no, what it means is you got to kill something. It means you got to crucify your flesh. It means your flesh has got to die. It means you got to lay your, your worry and your fear on the altar of sacrifice. And what you really don't want to do is tell yourself, no, it, it got quiet in here. What, what, what you really don't want to do is tell yourself, no, you'd rather pick up the cigarette. You'd rather pick up the pills. You'd ra Come on now, don't get quiet on me. But when you're secure in his love, you can look at that situation. I don't need the cigarette. I don't need more pills. I don't need another vape. I don't need another thing. I don't need it. I have his love, goodness, and mercy are following me. That's all I need. I can speak to this mountain. Whoever says to this mountain, be cast into the sea, it'll be cast into the sea. All I need to do is start speaking over my mountain. I need to stop filling my mouth with things that won't satisfy. I need to stop filling my life with things that can't fix the mountain. And I need to start speaking to my mountain. The love of God is bursting in my heart. The love of God is saturating my heart. And so there is no room for doubt when I look at that mountain. 
There's no space in my heart. The more fellowship that I have with him, the greater my faith becomes. The more that I fellowship with God, the ever-increasing faith I can have. The more that I walk with him, the more that I hear his voice. The more that I spend time with him, the more that I'm with him, the greater his love flows into my life and the greater degree of faith that I have. What is, we've talked about this before, but faith is, it's like my spiritual senses. It's my ability to perceive the unseen. It's the ability, it, it makes the unseen world more tangible, more real than the, than the seen world. I can look at a problem, look at the situation, look at what's staring me in the face, whether it's a doctor's report or a bill or whatever in the tangible. But I see through the eyes of faith, I see something that's more real. I see something that's more real than that doctor's note. I see something that's more real than the, than the lawyer's letter. I see something more, come on somebody. I see there's, there's faith that causes me to see possibilities when all the enemy wants me to see is limitations. Does not doubt in his heart. The man that looks at that mountain, the woman that looks at that mountain and does not doubt but believes. There's belief in my heart because of love in my life. There's, there's belief in my heart. Belief is flowing out. Faith is flowing out of my heart because he saturated my life in his love. The same Holy Spirit that imparts to me his love is the same Holy Spirit that reveals to me who he is and imparts faith. Romans still says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the message concerning Christ what is, the, what is it that you're listening to today? Are you listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Are you listening to His ever-calling, ever-present voice that says you'll walk through this? You'll be victorious in the middle of it. Goodness and mercy are with you right now. Are you listening to that voice? Or do you hear the voice of the enemy? Oh, but when I listen to the message concerning Christ, when I put myself and, and put myself in church, and I sit my bottom on a pew. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> oh, I don't feel like going to church today. Get over it. The devil doesn't feel like it either, but he's still here. I don't feel like going to church. Get yourself in church and hear the message concerning Christ. I like my friends, and all they do is drag you down. Surround yourself with believers who are telling you the message concerning Christ. Faith comes. Same Holy Spirit that's producing love in your heart will stir up faith in your life. I hear his message, the message of faith. I see the message of Christ. When I, when I hear his message, when I hear the message of Christ, I hear the message of his love. When I hear the message of Christ, I hear the message of the Father's love. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now I want to... I want to teach just for a moment on this verse. Because I'm sure that there are many, even those here this morning, that you've read that verse. And you have this idea that you have to please God. 
Somehow you have to earn his pleasure. The, the Hebrew language, excuse me, the Greek here is not in the sense of pleasing God. What it means here in the Greek is that you find delight and enjoyment in God. You find the word, it's pleasure. You find pleasure in God. And so if you want to come to God, it's impossible to find pleasure in God without faith. It's, did you hear me? It's impossible to find pleasure in God without faith. You can't do it. Let me show you. It's like, the, it's like the woman, if you go all the way back to the garden, she, she found what? She found the tree and its fruit pleasing to the eye. She found pleasure in the fruit rather in God's glory. And Adam and Eve exchanged the glory for what was pleasing and pleasurable to the eye. And that's what we do in church when we, when we, when we exchange our pleasure for God for the pleasures of sin. We exchange what's pleasing, what's pleasurable in God, faith, and we've exchanged it for natural desire, earthly, worldly, carnal things. Do you hear me this morning? So when you're looking at your mountain, it's gotten quiet in here. You've, when you're looking at your mountain and, and you feel like the world's caving in on you, you feel like nobody understands and you're staring at your problem and you're looking at your situation and, and what, what do you do? Well, <clears throat> that, 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 that passive other sin, whatever that other thing is, looks more pleasing. That relationship looks more pleasing. That, that, that addiction looks more pleasing. The gossiping looks more pleasing. The, the complaining looks more pleasing. Whatever it is, it looks more pleasing and pleasurable than finding the glory of God in the middle of this mountain. I'd rather, I'd rather look to something else, something worldly, something carnal that can please me, that can bring me pleasure in the short term because I don't want to find his glory in the mountain. You see, right now, and whenever, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever's happening in your world, there's a mountain in your way, there's a problem in your way. Whatever you're facing today, his glory is all over that mountain. Whoever says to that mountain, be removed, he's ready to move a mountain with you. But all you, all you want to do is look with your natural eyes to what's pleasing and what's pleasurable. But if you want to find pleasure in God, Hebrews eleven six, you've got to have faith. Faith sees what the natural eye cannot see. My natural eye looks at the complaining and the gossiping and the other ways to find some sort of relief. In the middle of the problem. But when I look through the eyes of faith, I see relief has already come. Did you hear what I said? When I look through the natural eyes, I think about the problems and the issues and how to get some sort of resolve. But if I look through the eyes of faith, I see that relief has already come. It's standing on either side of me. He's given me authority over this mountain. And I can say, be cast into the sea. Do you hear me this morning? Do you hear the word of the Lord? God wants you to walk in the pleasure of his presence. He wants you to find pleasure in his love. But you can't do it when you're exchanging the pleasure of his presence for the pleasure of this world. 
That's what sin is. It's the great exchange. It's exchanging the fountain of living water for broken cisterns that cannot satisfy. That's what God said through the prophet Jeremiah. They've, they've exchanged. They've exchanged me, the fountain of living waters, the life giver for cisterns that are broken and cannot satisfy. So when we're looking at our mountain, we have to stay in a place of faith and pleasure and delight in God. I delight myself in Him, and He gives me the desires of my heart. You can't help but find yourself dancing around your mountain and enjoying His presence, and God begin to drop His desires in your heart. Lord, I'm going to dance around my mountain. I'm going to dance around my problem. I'm going to sing. I'm going to speak grace over this thing. I'm going to see you move on my behalf. I'm going to see this mountain cast into the sea. And all the while, God's revealing himself to you. He is the reward. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, it says that, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. So we're not justified by our works. When we stand and look at that mountain, faith says you can't, everything you want to try to do, you can try to figure it out on your own. You can figure out a solution. You can try to make it happen. But the only thing that will work is faith. The only thing that's going to work to deal with your mountain is faith. The only thing, can I just make this a little practical for you? The only thing that's going to deal with your husband is faith. The only thing that's going to deal with your wife is faith. The only thing that's going to deal with your children is faith. The only thing that's going to deal with that job situation is faith. Faith is how it works. And if you're trying to do it any other way, it won't Faith says, I'm going to dance around that mountain. And the natural, we want to complain. We want to whatever. Faith says, I'm going to speak grace over that. Faith says that this has been dealt with not by the works of the law, but it's been dealt with by Jesus Christ himself. He's handled this. Works tries to earn. Love receives. When we're, when we're trying to work it out, when we're trying to figure it out, works is trying to earn approval, earn affection, earn uh, whatever it is, fill in the gap. But when we yield to the royal law of heaven, there's only one thing that you can do, and that's receive. When it comes to the love of God, the only thing that you can do is receive it. You can't fight against it. You can't formulate it. You can't manufacture it. The only thing you can do is receive it. And when his love fills your heart, when you hear the message concerning Christ, the message of his love, you're secure in his love. You're stable in his love. Security in his love produces faith. Causes you to walk in faith and belief and not doubt. Tell somebody next to you, say, it's time to walk in faith. So how do you do this? How do you deal with this mountain? How do you walk? How do you marry love and 
faith. How do you do this? I'm going to give you three quick things that you can do. You need to practice these regularly. Really simple. You ready? You're going to, you're going to give another $1,000 in the offering for this. I promise. It's, you're going to be so blown away by this that you're just going to want to give more. You'll, you have never heard these three things before, I promise. Number one, fellowship with God. The only way, the only way for his love to increase in your life is to fellowship with him. The only way for his love to increase in your life is for you to spend time with him. You need to sing about his love. You need to talk about his love. You need to rest in his love. You need to lay in his love. You need to worship about his love. You need to tell others about his love. His, everywhere you go, there's an outflow and a saturation inflow about the love of God. You are absolutely inundating yourself with his love. Stop striving to earn it. Stop trying to convince yourself that you're not good enough for it. Come on, somebody. Stop trying to say that you can never have access to it. It's already been given. Access has already been given. You have a way in. Come on, somebody. Just receive his love, fellowship with God. Number two, you need to spend time with others who walk in faith. And walk in his love. Don't surround yourself with people who are constantly... Trying to steal your faith. Surround yourself with people who are building you up in the love of God. Surround yourself with people who know what it means to keep themselves in the love of God. Surround yourself with people who know what it means to walk in faith. If all you do is spend time around people who steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your faith, then don't be surprised when you get to the end of your day and say, I don't feel like I've gotten nothing. I feel depleted. Well, hello. Who are you spending your time with? That doesn't, you say, well, pastor, is that me? I'm trying to minister to those people. No, you're not. You are, you is a liar. You've been listening to the lie of the devil. You are not ministering to anybody who's depleting you. <laughs> you are fooling yourself if you think you're ministering to somebody who's draining you of, of spiritual life. And number three. You need to learn to praise him for every act. Praise him for every act. Even if you feel like it's insignificant. Even if you feel like, well, I just woke up this morning. All I have to praise him for is I woke up this morning. Well, praise God you woke up this morning. Praise God that you have breath in your lungs. Praise God that you have shoes on your feet. Whatever it is, you just begin to praise him, even if it's the small things. People say, well, I don't feel his presence. I don't feel him with me. Praise him that he says he'll never leave you or forsake you. I may not feel him, but I know what he said. Praise him for it. Praise him for his promise. You don't know where to start? Get, a, get, get in this book. Get in the revelation of his love. Say that, God, this is what you said. I don't feel it. I may not see it, but this is what you said. So I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm looking at that mountain. It ain't going nowhere, and I don't feel like I have faith enough to make it move. So we're, I'm just going to pray. God, thank you that I have a mountain. 
Did you hear me? God, I thank you. I praise you that I have a mountain that's going to display your glory. I don't understand how it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how this thing's going to fix. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I thank you it's there. And I thank you you're going to work it out. We're going to figure this out together. We're going to walk through this together. I'm going to see your glory in the land of the living. That's all I got. But we're going to see it. Thank you, Jesus. And you may not feel like it. It may sound like, thank you, Jesus. And I thank you for this mountain. I'm sounding really religious today because I don't feel like it. But thank you, Lord, for this mountain. Pastor Zach said thank you for this mountain, so I'm going to thank you for this mountain. And then you're going to do what she's doing. And somehow you're going to get a revelation of this is the silliest thing I've ever heard. And you're going to get a revelation of his joy in the middle of it. And you just start laughing. I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's okay. Because I'm laughing over my mountain. It's a lot better than crying over it. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough. It's coming. Until you get to the place where you can look at that mountain and say, mountain be removed. Praise him for it anyway. Praise him when you wake up. You know, I'm convinced. Uh, Now, listen to what I'm saying. This is the milk of the word. What I'm teaching you this morning is basic one-on-one Christianity. Keeping yourself in the love of God and believing in your heart, not doubting. This is basic one-on-one Christianity. But it is where most Christians fall short. Because we'd rather complain about our mountain then move it. It got quiet in here. Yeah, we'd rather we'd rather complain about that thing than have to move it. You see, when God says we look at that thing and be cast in the sea, what's the very first thing he starts dealing with? <laughs> I'm going to deal with that mountain. Who's the who's got the problem? Who's got the problem? Is it really the mountain or is it you? Is it really the child or is it you? Is it really the, is it really the, is this, come on now. Is it really the husband or is it you? Is it really the wife or is it you? Come on, don't shout me down. I know I'm telling you the truth now. So who's, whose problem is it anyway? There used to be TV, whose line is it? We'll say whose problem is it anyway? Whose problem is really you? And so when you start going, I'm going to wrap this up because you're going to get mad. But, but when, when you go and you start speaking to the mountain, I don't know what mountain is in this aisle, but somebody's mountain is going to move. I keep coming back to the mountain in this aisle. Somebody in this aisle, if you give $50, the Lord will move. No, I'm joking. There's whoever. I'm joking. Joking. Whatever mountain is in this aisle going to move. When you start speaking to this mountain, what's it doing? It's moving. It starts shaking in you. There's things in you that got to be dealt with. That fear, that worry, that anxiety, the issues. God starts, Holy Spirit says, yep, yep, yep. we're going we're to move that into the sea. But, but on the way, on the journey for that mountain to get into the sea, for that to be buried, for that thing to be buried in the sea of forgetfulness, come on. 
Isn't that what Psalm says about your sin? It's removed as far as the east is from the west, the sea. In order for it to get into the sea of forgetfulness, we got to deal with some things along the way. We got to deal with your rejection issues along the way. We got every 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 time you see that mountain move a couple of inches. We're going to deal with this along the way. It's moving. It's going into the sea. But, but along the way, he transforms us. He transforms the landscape of your life. When the, when the mountain moves and things get into the sea, the landscape of your life is changing. There's a new norm. There's a new way of living. When that mountain moves, there's, there's things you got to adjust to that weren't there before. You used to, you were used to seeing, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. You, you, you're, you're used to seeing a mountain. You were used to seeing a problem. You were used to living according. Your whole life was rotating around a lie. Do you hear me? Whole life was used to rotating around the problem. Now the problem's being cast into the sea. God's dealing with the transition, the change from here to there. The change of getting that mountain into the sea. And then once it's gone, what does life look like? Oh, we can shout hallelujah when we're talking about the mountains moving. But what are you going to do when the mountains become a plain? Are you going to walk through in victory? Are you going to walk through into the newness of life? Or are you going to say, man, I wish that mountain was back. I miss that mountain. I miss that problem. I miss living that way. I miss having that thing because it was security for me. I was secure with that mountain, but now it's new territory. The, the thing that was mountainous has been made plain and things have been made straight. And the way, come on now. And the Lord, your mountain has been cast into the sea. And Jesus keeps saying, come on, come on, sis, come on. Bro. Let's walk a little bit. Let's get out into this new territory. Let's get out into the new things. Let's get out into the new spaces. I don't know. Let me go back and complain again. Let me go, let me go back and complain about that mountain. Let me go back and talk about that problem. Let me try to dredge up the past again. And all the way, Jesus, no, it's in the sea of forgetfulness. It's time to walk in the new things. Speaking to somebody this morning, it's time to walk into the new things in your life. Stop hanging out in the old seasons and enjoy the new place, the new territory. God's brought you into a new landscape, and it's time to walk in it and enjoy it. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. I'm going to... Read this one other scripture while the worship team's coming. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith. Take up the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. You know, this is the shield of faith. Out of all the things that we would put out in front of us, the shield goes out in front. The, the, The army... The Roman armies, if we were talking about shields, the, the, the shields could go out in front and they could also go overhead and, and build almost like a barricade. So the army could actually advance with their shields out and over themselves. They could advance and take territory that way. So we have a shield. We advance. Do you hear me? We advance by faith. The shield of faith goes out ahead of us, and we're able to advance by faith. 
Now it says it will extinguish the, the darts, the enemy, the attacks of the enemy. This is interesting because what's, what is the shield? What is putting out the attack of the enemy? What is it? It's faith. How do you deal with the, the attack of the enemy? Faith. I'm going to ask it one more time, make sure everybody got it. How do you deal with the attack of the enemy? Faith. Okay, so faith goes out before. What's the, what's the attack of the enemy? What's his, what's his tool? It hasn't changed in a thousand years, thousands and thousands of years. It's the same. What is it? Lies. He's the father of lies. That's his method. That's all he knows. It doesn't get any more complex. It doesn't even get any simpler. It's just lies. So what does faith do to lies? It exposes them. It brings the truth, right? It brings the what we cannot see with our natural. We see it through the eyes of faith. So when the enemy says, the enemy only attacks through lies. So when we see through the eyes of faith, he tells us what's not possible. He tells us about our limitations. Tells us what we can't do, but what does faith do? Possibility. God, that's okay, devil. Because God told me that if I just believe, I could have the impossible. I could do the impossible. I can have the miraculous. So what you're telling me that I can't do, what you're telling me that's not possible, is exactly where I was called and created to live. So anytime you hear the devil tell you, well, you can't do it, You'll, you're never good enough, you don't have the ability, say, good, because that's exactly where Jesus created me to be. That means miracles are happening in my life. That's exactly where I need to be. If the devil doesn't tell you that and you don't have those issues, you're probably not advancing. <laughs> But when you're out on the front line advancing, you always hear, well, you can't do that. We're going to believe for a million dollars in three years, you can't do that. You can't be debt free in three. You can't deal with the, okay, well, we'll just put our faith out there. $300,000 later, okay, we'll just keep putting our faith out there. You'll never see revival and awakening in the Northeast. Oh, I mean, oh, goodness. It's okay. We'll just keep putting our faith out there. I don't know. I'm just stupid enough to believe him. It's okay. Call me crazy. You, you don't like public speaking. How could you ever be a preacher? You don't even like people. How could you do that? Just put my faith out there. It's okay. I'm in a place for miracles. Your voice is messed up. You keep, you, every 15 minutes, you can't talk. You're hacking. It's okay. I'm going to put my faith out there. I'm just going to try. And lo and behold, I've preached the whole half of this message without even coughing. So there you go. I just, you got to keep, you're crazy. Just put your faith out there. God, his covenant, he will not break nor alter the word that's gone out of his mouth. If he said it concerning you, it's period. End of story. God's handling it. Faith. So shield of faith, wrapping up. I know, I said I was closing. Ephesians 6. Shield of faith. I put it out front. Put the shield of faith. I'm secure in his love. Which means I have no room for doubt. Belief is going out in front of me. Faith is going out in front of me. I see possibilities ahead. 
when I get to that mountain, it's okay, it's moving. God's dealing with it. I don't have to fix it. I don't have to be the expert in mountain moving. I just gotta put my faith out. Did you hear me? I don't have to be the expert in mountain moving. You don't have to open a new business, Mountain Moving LLC. Just put your faith out there. God did not call you to be an excavator. Maybe he did, but spiritually speaking, no. Just put your faith out there. Here's what we're going to do. I, I, not only do I feel, I know, I sense in my heart that there are situations, there's mountains that people are facing. But I also, I, as pastor, I know that there are. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you, can you, can you do that, wrap me in your arms? You're already doing that, okay, great. Um, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you to take a bold step. God's gonna wrap you in his arms today. I would say that the word of the Lord today has, has produced faith, but the security of, of that, the stability of that is found in his love. You have to walk out these doors secure in the love of God. You have to walk out these doors secure in his love, that you are his child. What does this, the spirit of God do in our hearts? We're able to cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. We're able to cry out, Daddy, the love of the Father. Why? By the Holy Spirit. And so this is what's happening right now is that this is a greenhouse, if you will, will for the love of God. This is a, this is a bubble designed, if you can picture this, a bubble, this room, this altar is designed with you in mind this morning to step into the bubble greenhouse of his love and to be saturated. When you walk out those doors, you have his word and you have his tangible love in your life secure. Stephen, I can put my, I'm walking out these doors with my faith first.